Psalms 103, verse 10 through verse 18. We'll read these verses of Scripture here in just a few moments. And, uh, we've been preaching on the subject of forgiveness. This won't be, I don't think it's going to be one of those shouting, exciting services, just to be honest with you, but I do pray that it'll be a helpful service uh, to us this morning as we read Psalms 103, verse 10, uh, down through verse 18. Bible says there, He have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And I say thank God for that, amen. Uh, because if He rewarded us according to our sins and according to our iniquities, we'd all be in bad shape this morning because we was all just born old sinners uh, without the Lord. And I thank God He come by my way a little over 12 years ago and saved me by His amazing grace. And uh, those are not on me anymore, but He took those upon Himself on the cross so I could have forgiveness. But he have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Everybody likes getting rewards, or at least I do. But that's one thing that you'll be thankful that you didn't get rewarded for was your sinful past if you're saved by the good grace of the Lord. And if you're not saved, that reward is coming one of these days. And it'll be at the great white throne judgment when you stand before God for the sins that you committed in this life and you'll be judged according to those sins. And then the Bible says you'll be cast off into the lake of fire for all eternity. And, you know, everybody says sins are, uh, you know, all sins the same. And I would beg to differ because some sins in the Bible, it makes God sick. And, uh, and we've got some that is uh, strongly condemned. And, but let, let me say this. Sins are going to have different degrees of punishment. A lie will shut you out of the kingdom of God if you don't confess and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But as you look, it's different stripes in the Scriptures. And uh, that would be the reward you would get. If you was more of a sinful person, you would get more stripes. And, but still, you're going to spend the same eternity as you would with a liar, as you would with a murderer if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior so you're going to get rewarded in a sense according to the sins you committed now if we're saved we thank God today that we didn't get rewarded for our sins or our iniquities and those are forgiven out to those that are in Christ but now look at verse 11 for as the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy towards them that fear him as far as the east is from the west so far have he removed our transgressions from us how far is the east from the west? I have no idea. I've traveled the, uh, uh, the east coast quite a bit and been uh, uh, as far north as Vermont and Maine and all those states there. And I've been as far down south as uh, Florida. And I've been over to the uh, western states some, not too far out west, but been over to some of the western states. And I never have found the end to an east and a west. Amen. Uh, so the Bible tells us, for uh, as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is the mercy towards them that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far have he removed our transgressions from us and they're gone and friend and, and only one that's going to dig them up is going to be people around you and it may be you that dig them up and it may be the devil that digs it up but I'm telling you this morning I believe oftentimes we dig them back up ourselves and we bring them back to our own memory and they should be cast off as far as the east is from the west and verse 13 says like as a father pitieth his children so the Lord pitieth them that fear him and for it's talking about reverence for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth, remembereth that we are dust. The Lord remembers we're just but flesh. 
Each and every one of us are made out of the same thing here today. Well, I guess I began to rack my brain on that last night while we was watching those go-karts go around the track up there at State Line last night. Boy, that tore my nerves all to pieces, amen. And boy, boy, they was wrecking and carried on up there. And I just know I'd done seen one get killed up there. And I was over there praying in the bleachers. I, I couldn't sit still. I'd get up, I'd move down a little bit, and I was a praying. And I'd get back up here and praying. And, and thank God didn't nobody get seriously hurt last night. But we got to talking about the uh, what man's made out of. And I told Steve last night, I said, I, I may preach a message on dirty old men this uh, tomorrow morning, amen? Because we're made out of the dust of ground, and dust is uh, dirty, and, and, and you know, you get ring around the collar uh, when you work outside. But women are made from the rib of men, so does that make you more cleaner than a man? It was just a thought I had last night, I don't know, amen? But I, I don't know, do women get ring around the collar? Do you? Well, amen, I guess we are all dust then, praise God. Amen, we're all cut out of the same stuff then, aren't we? We all have sinful flesh, and the Lord knows that, and He understands that we have a sinful flesh and a sinful nature. That's what He's talking about here. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust, talking about our flesh. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall not uh, know it no more. Our life is very fragile. That's what the Bible saying. Our life is very quick. I understand more now today than I ever have before of what the older folks would say, the older you get, the faster time goes. And man, time I look back, a week's gone. Time I turn around, a month is gone. Time I turn around now, a year is gone. And that's the way we are. We're blooming like a flower. The next thing you know, that flower begins to lose its, its beauty and it begins to wither away. The next thing you know, it is gone. And life is very fragile. It's very, not only fragile, it's very valuable. We need to make the most of it. And that's what I want to try to help us with today. And it goes on to say in verse 17, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteous unto His children's children. That means from His child all the way down to His grandchildren. But friend, it's got a stipulation on it. Look in verse 19. To such as keep His covenant and to those that remember His commandments to do them. He'll show mercy to those that follow Him. As we look at these verses of Scripture for just a few moments this morning, we've been preaching on this subject of forgiveness for the last several Sunday mornings, and this will be the fourth message preached on forgiveness. Forgiveness is a hard thing. Forgiveness is a very hard thing, especially when you're trying to go about it without the right heart behind it. And we talked about the forgiveness of the Father, and we've seen how that prodigal son, boy, he made a mess out of his life. He took everything that was coming to him, and he went into that foreign country. He spent his substance on a righteous living, which means wasteful living. But when he come back to the Father, the Father, he met him. His father was waiting on him and his father met him and he fell upon him and had compassion. He put a robe upon him, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet. And what we've seen in that father was we've seen forgiveness. But we've seen forgiveness because of compassion. We've seen the father being at the place that he needed to be, waiting for the son to come to the place that he needed to be. In those verses of Scripture, the Bible says he came to himself and it's a picture of salvation. And I thank God that he's willing to forgive us no matter what we've done along the way. And whether it's just 
just been a, a, a sective a, a liar all our life or we've done some other very very sinful things and, and no matter what we are dealing with the Lord is willing to forgive us of all our sins no matter what walk of life that you come from no matter who you are no matter who you can to no matter what you've done the Lord has compassion on every sinner that's ever come into this world. But not only that, we've seen the religious versus uh, real forgiveness. And we see that oftentimes when you don't fit the religious crowd's criteria, they like to cast stones at you. And boy, I don't want to be guilty of that. I want to be somebody like Christ. When a woman was brought there, caught in the very act of adultery, he had compassion on her. He said, where's your accusers at? He said, where are they at to condemn you? And she says, I don't know, Lord. And he says, I I don't condemn you neither. He said, go and sin no more. Because he knew her heart that she was sorry that she would got caught up in the thing she was. And she wanted the Lord to forgive her. And he did forgive her. But then last Sunday we looked at forgiving others. Boy, isn't it hard to forgive others? Well, you just don't understand what they've done to me. Boy, they said my hair didn't look good this morning. Well, bless your heart, amen. <laughs> amen. Well, they said this, you know, they, they hurt my feelings about, man, they didn't eat none of my tater salad out there a while ago. And, you know, and boy, they didn't make over my chili beans or something. People get so upset over some silly things, don't they? Amen. But I know some is very deep. We make a little light of that. But I know some things that people do against us, it hurts very deeply. And it's hard to get over that hurt. But friend, if we're going to try to move on with the Lord and try to be right with others, we've got to ask God to give us compassion. And that's the only way that we can have a forgiving heart. And we're going to have to learn how to forgive others. As I said last Sunday, if we don't learn how to forgive, our marriages are not going to work. If we don't learn how to forgive, our parenting's not going to be right. If we don't learn how to forgive, our relationship with our parents are not going to be right. If we don't learn how to forgive in the church, our church is not going to be right. That's just the way this thing works. So last Sunday we looked at about forgiving others. And some of you may be at the place to where you have forgiven and asked people to forgive you in your life. And now you have all that squared away. But yet I believe some of us are still dealing with some other forgiveness that needs to be granted. This morning I want to try to help us just a few minutes on forgiving ourselves. Forgiving ourselves. And I believe honestly this is what a lot of our problems are today. We can accept the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved. I believe we can get to the place to where we can honestly in our hearts say we have forgiven people in our life that has wronged us. But then in our own heart and in our own mind we battle the unforgiveness of ourselves in a day-to-day battle. And here in the Bible, it's talking about, hey, as far as the east is from the west, he removed our transgressions. He says, hey, he's not going to reward us according to our iniquities. And then he compared our life as a flower that's here for a moment. It's blossoming, it's flourishing. And the next thing you know, it's gone. Can I tell you, life is too short to live a life full of guilt that we've already been forgiven for. Amen. And boy, I'm telling you how we need to understand uh, the good grace of God and how we need to hold on to that in our hearts and lives. And as I begin to study self-forgiveness and forgiving yourself I found out that in scripture it's not a verse of scripture that tells you you need to forgive yourself but it's application and principle here that I want to try to help us with for just a few moments this morning as I've already said forgiving ourselves could be one of the hardest things that we will ever ever do or try to do in this life but why is it so important for us to learn to forgive ourselves well to start off with You're going to live with a thing called guilt if you don't learn to forgive yourself. Now let me say this, guilt is a God-given emotion. Guilt is something that we have to make us recognize that we have done something wrong and you better thank God for guilt in your life. 
But if I tell somebody something that ain't quite right and you say, do you do that? Yes, sometimes I do. A lot of times it's not even intentional. And, and boy, I'll get guilty and I'll apologize. And maybe you said something out of the way and, and, and it wasn't the right attitude. And boy, you begin to feel guilty about the way you spoke to that person and you want to try to make that thing right. Or maybe you feel guilty because, hey, you did complain about your wife's chili beans or something. Amen. And you're going to have to ask her to forgive you for that and say, praise God, honey, I'm glad you even thought about cooking for me. Amen. But that guilt is a God-given emotion to let us know that we've done something wrong in our life, but it shouldn't stay there when we realize that it's given for us to recognize that wrong in order that we can get it right. That's what guilt is given for. When we realize we're guilty, we try to get it right. If we've offended somebody and we feel guilty about it, we try to get it right. If we've offended God and we feel guilty about it, we're supposed to try to get that right. But we're not supposed to keep pulling that guilt along with us because if we do, it'll pull us down and we'll never ever move forward for God when we live with guilt like that. So let's look at a few things here in the Scripture this morning about forgiving ourselves. It could be one of the hardest things that we've ever had to do in life. If not dealt with, it's going to live to a life filled with guilt and not moving forward, but also it can lead to some other things. It can cause you health problems dealing with guilt. And I believe a lot of our society is dealing with a lot of health problems because they just don't know how to deal with guilt that's in their life. And I'm even talking about some Christians that's been forgiven by the grace of the Lord is dealing with such things and they don't know how to get past it. And from my understanding, reading behind some counselors yesterday and this morning when I got up, this is one of the biggest things that people deal with when it comes to counseling is self-guilt. And friend, I want to look at these things for just a few moments and you know, a lot of us has got a past. Every one of us has got a past. But we also have a future. And that future needs to be lived. We look here in the scriptures again. We see how short life is. And life is too short to live with a life filled with guilt and regret and uh, things like that. We've got to move forward in life. And I want us to understand some things here this morning in ways to try to do that. Give you a couple examples in the Bible that uh, after they got saved that they could have lived a life full of guilt and we don't know their testimony after they trusted Christ. But can you imagine the woman at the well? Jesus Christ come by that way and he sent the disciples off because he knew they probably wouldn't have the right attitude with that woman down at the well. And ain't that way the religious crowd is? And you know, we want to beat everybody up because they ain't living right, living in sin and they ain't saved. How can we beat them up when we was in the same condemnation as they was before we got saved by the good grace of the Lord? Amen. But he come by that woman there at the well and he began to witness and minister to her and he told her, he said, you've had five husbands and the one you're with right now ain't even your husband. And boy, I'm telling you what, she after she got saved she probably could look back on her life and said boy I tell you I've really messed up and boy I, I've made a mess out of folks life and uh, boy I've affected all kinds of families and this that and the other and she could have let that guilt get her down after she got saved by the grace of God do you understand what I'm saying that could have poured her down and poured her back what about the woman caught in the very act of adultery we preached on uh, just a couple of weeks ago now if she after she trusted Christ she could allow that to pull her back and not move forward for God for any longer and you know and just stop being a witness for the Lord and let her light kind of dwindle away because of the guilt that could be there that had already been forgiven what about the man in Mark chapter 5 possessed by a legion of demons I imagine a man got 2,000 demons in him he'd done a whole lot of stuff 
Man, they try to bind him. They try to put feathers and chains on him. Finally, they couldn't do nothing with him. He run out to the graveyard, a place of loneliness, a place of darkness, a place of solitude, to where it's no fellowship and didn't seem like there's no hope for him. And the Bible says Jesus Christ, he went on to the other side of the sea. And boy, he, he had to go over there just to meet this man, to deliver this gentleman. And do you think he had some things that he would probably have some guilt in his life over if he didn't give it to God? I imagine he had a lot that he could have been uh, have some past guilt over. But friend, I want to tell you this morning, we've got a past that needs to be forgiven and can be forgiven. And if you're saved, it is forgiven. But we've got a future that needs to be lived. What about the great apostle Paul? I found a verse this morning that, or a couple of verses or a verse that would lead me to think that sometimes he might have even dealt with a little guilt in his life. The great man of God that the apostle Paul was. The Bible says, you don't have to turn there, I've got it down here, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 9. The apostle Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles. And then he went on to say, said that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Now I want to tell you, I believe that's worse than any other sin. When you go against the things of God in the way He did, you go against the church, you go against Christ, you go against the Christians, and you go against the cause of the Lord. I believe that is a very, very dangerous sin. These others that I mentioned was adultery and different things like that. And a man possessed by the legion of demons, it's untelling what all ungodliness he got in. But the apostle Paul was going against the very things of God. These other folks was just doing naturally what come natural to the flesh. But the apostle Paul says, I don't want nothing to do with this God. I don't want nothing to do with this Jesus. And he kept kicking against that prick, which is a, a prod for a sheep. And he kept going against it. And we find here that the apostle Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles. He felt like a nobody. Because he was persecuting the very church of God. So do you think Apostle Paul dealt with some guilt along the way? Yes, I believe he dealt with some guilt along the way. But I like what verse 10 said. He said, but by the grace of God I am what I am. Boy, I'm telling you, when the devil brings that guilt up, he brings you past up. And boy, you're thinking about what you used to be and you're dealing with that guilt in your life. Won't you just remind the devil if you're saved and born again, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yeah, that's what I used to be. But I'm something totally different now. Amen. And that's the reason any of us are what we are is only by the grace of God. And he went on to say, And his grace which have bestowed upon me was not meet in vain, but I labor more abundant than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. The apostle Paul said, Boy, I was rubbed, and boy, I'm dealing with some things, and I've got some guilty conscious uh, things along the way, but he had to remind himself, if it were not for the grace of God, he would be in a mess. But the apostle Paul, you know what he decided to do in that verse of scripture? First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 the apostle Paul decided to move on you know what you and I need to do we need to get this guilt under control and you and I just need to move on for the glory of the Lord. We're dealing with guilt in our, in our churches. We're dealing with guilt in society and uh, we need to learn how to get these things uh, under control and we need to understand that hey, when we get saved by the good grace of the Lord that those things are forgiven and we've just got to forgive others and try to set things right but we've also got to learn to forgive ourselves. The very first thing I want you to see is when you get saved, that sinful past is forgiven. The, our text verse here says, he have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That it's gone. The punishment, the penalty for our sin that we committed before we got saved, it's gone. We don't have to worry about the reward. That's what it talks about, the peace with God in Romans. 
It says a peace with God. And what peace with God is, you understand you're not standing in judgment of God for your sins any longer. And you understand that you've been forgiven. And you can't go to hell. Amen. Uh, friend, I want to tell you, thank God for the forgiveness that He gives us about His grace and what a blessing it is to know Him this morning. And He says He dealt with us after our sins or didn't reward us according to our iniquities. We got saved and thank God we are forgiven. And the Bible goes on to say, as high as the heaven is a bird, the earth so great is in mercy towards uh, them that fear him and as far as the east is from the west he have removed our transgressions from us friend the devil knows where they're laying at he knows how to get a hold of us our mind knows how to bring up past sins and uh, to bring guilt upon us but the Lord don't want anything riding upon our conscience of our past life to bring guilt on us because he understands guilt will hold us back from serving him and we got to get guilt under control in our life Friend, I want to tell you what, when you get saved, your sinful past is forgiven. Why don't we just put that behind us? If somebody reminds you of it, why don't you just tell them, yeah, that's what I used to be. But by the grace of God, as the Apostle Paul said, when I believe a, a thought of guilt crossed his mind, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's not about what I've done, but it's about what God's done. So a sinful past is forgiven. Now nextly, but what about after you get saved? I don't know about you, but I've had some things that I've done that I have felt guilt over since I've been saved. Because, it, it, look what the Bible says here again. He remembereth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. When you get saved, God saves his soul. God didn't save his flesh. We're supposed to bring our flesh into subjection unto the Lord, but I want to tell you, I've not done that for 12 years since I've been saved. And I am guilty of uh, committing sins. And I'm not talking about some things that uh, a lot of you would consider to be kicked out of the church or anything like that. But I'm talking about some personal sins that I, I, I deal with. And uh, some things that I didn't do according to Scripture that's hurt people along the way. And I have dealt with that. And I've had some guilt over some of these things. But friend, I want to tell you, after you get saved, we need to make sure that we get the sins in our life that's present. We need to make sure we get those forgiven and put those behind us also because it's nothing worse than a, a Christian feeling guilty over things that's forgiven or that can be forgiven that we can put behind us and move on for God. Amen. I tell you what I like to see as good as a, somebody getting saved by the good grace of the Lord is when a Christian decides to set some things aside and them get right with the Lord. Amen. Because I'm telling you that's vitally important if we're going to move on uh, for the cause of the Lord. So we see a sinful past that's forgiven. We see a sinful presence that can be forgiven right now. If we've got guilt of things that we've done since we've been saved, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not some of it, but all of it. So we can be forgiven. We can put these things behind us and move on for the glory of the Lord. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I don't want you to think for a moment that I'm condoning any type of sin whatsoever. I'm not. Grace is not a liberty to sin. And if you sin because you say you're saved by grace, you better check your heart. Because what grace does, when you see the reward that was coming to you before you got saved, what grace does makes you very thankful for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It makes you thankful. It makes you want to live for Christ when you see uh, what all He's done for you. But friend, I want to tell you, uh, grace is not a liberty to sin. I'm not condoning sin, but that guilt is there to show us the sin that's in our life. We need to confess that and get it right and not to continue in that sin. But I know in a, 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 the time that it takes for us to get that thing, realize it, and to get that thing settled, we can cause some problems along the way. We cause a lot of problems along the way. That goes to the message from last Sunday. If you come to the altar and you're trying to worship and uh, you just want to leave your gift there, if you remember, brother's got an alt against you. So if you've wronged anybody or somebody's wronged you and you know that, uh, friend, we need to make sure that we confess to each other and we try to get that thing settled. And it's not our responsibility for the response we get, but it's our responsibility for the response that we give. Amen. So we got a sinful past if we're saved, forgiven. Don't worry about the things that you used to do. Boy, I won't tell you, it bothers me along the way sometimes. The devil brings some of that past up. And, and boy, if you don't watch, it get a hold on you. And you'll sit there, and next thing you know, that stuff will start churning through your mind. And boy, it, it, man, I, I'm telling you, that when we preached at uh, Banquet over there, and it was talking about going back to your senior high years, but I didn't, boy, I didn't like where the Lord took me a trip down memory lane. Well, I took myself down a trip down memory lane, but it made me thankful for the things that He had forgiven me for. And friend, I want to tell you what, I thank God for what He's done, but don't let your sinful past get a hold of you. And friend, after you got get saved and you know, and, and you've done some things that's brought some guilt in your life, you need to make sure that you confess that before the Lord and get forgiveness for it, and then try to set any relationship whatsoever that you may have uh, hurt or caused problems in, trying to set it right. Amen. But the next thing I want us to see is how can we help someone forgive their self? How can we help someone forgive their self? Well, when someone comes up and they apologize and they try to make things right with you, do you know how you can help them forgive their self? If you're saved by the good grace of the Lord and you're Christ-like, you'll forgive them. And that will help them put the guilt they're feeling. That will help them slide it right behind them. But you know what happens sometimes when somebody's trying to say I'm sorry and trying to get some things settled and trying to get it right, but we continue to hold on to those grudges and hold on. And it all comes from pride. All this right here, when you look at it, every counselor, Christian counselor I read behind said it all stems from pride. Every bit of it. Because you say, well, why is it self-guilt? Because we, as people, we hold ourselves to such a high plane sometimes, we can't believe in mistakes that we've made. Boy, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm full of mistakes. I make mistakes every day. Sometimes when I wake up, I think I made a mistake getting out of bed. Amen. How many of you have ever been there before? Amen. But I'm telling you how we can help people to uh, for, get, get over their guilt is when somebody asks you to forgive them, you grant that forgiveness. And it will help them to get over that and help them to start to move forward for the honor and glory of the Lord. Can I also say this? I wouldn't want to be one responsible for somebody standing in their guilt. Now, it's still ultimately up to them if they get over it or not. But I sure wouldn't want to hinder anybody from going on and moving forward for the Lord. Amen. As I finish up this morning, Miss Jane, if you don't mind, go ahead and come get us a little something on the piano. As I finish up this morning, life is full of choices. And every choice that we make is either going to take us in a positive, life-giving direction or it's going to rob us from opportunities.